Okay, reading from the Krishna book, chapter 21. The gopi is attracted by the flute. Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya. Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya. Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya. One second. Okay. Okay. Omigana Timirandasya Gananjana Shalakaya Taksuran Malatamyena Tasmai Sri Guravena Maha Sri Chaitanya Mano Bishnam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Swayam Rupakadamayam Dadati Sapadantikam Panchakalpa Turubyascha Kripasindu Bayevacha Patitanam Pavanebio Vaishnavebio Namo Nama. Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda. Sri Advaita Gadadhar Shivasade Gaur Bhakta Vrinda. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Krishna Krishna Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Okay So um uh, let's see if it works I decided to do the five chapters about the um, gopis. <laughs> uh, I just been listening to it. Actually, before I go to bed, somehow, you know, people know me, I'm technologically challenged, but I, I got an app of someone reading it, so I'm listening to it. And just Prabhupada presents it in such a wholesome way. And the the philosophy. So let me at least try the the first chapter. Chapter twenty one is the first one. Then it, I think it begins on twenty nine through thirty four, something like that. Thirty three. Um. Yeah, I mean, one thing it could be too high. The other thing, which I don't think so, because it's couched in Prabhupada's purpose. The other thing it. Uh, for my classes to be engaging according to who I am, it has to have sufficient scope for me to philosophically kind of comment. But also, we've been together for so long, so um, why not some, some rasa? some some flavor here okay with the arrival of the beautiful autumn season the waters and the lakes and rivers became as clear as crystal and filled with fragrant lotus flowers and breezes blew very pleasantly at that time krishna entered the forest of vrindavan with the cows and cowherd boys Krishna was very much pleased with the atmosphere of the forest. 
where flowers bloomed and bees and drones hummed very jubilantly. When the birds, trees, and plants were all looking very happy, Krishna tending the cows and accompanied by Sri Balaram and the coward boys began to vibrate his transcendental flute. After hearing the vibration of the flute of Krishna, the gopis in Vrindavan remembered him, began to talk amongst themselves how nicely Krishna was playing his flute. When the gopis were describing the sweet vibration of Krishna's flute, they also remembered their pastimes with him. Thus their minds became disturbed and they were unable to describe completely the beautiful vibration. While discussing the transcendental vibration, they remembered how Krishna dressed, decorated with a peacock feather on his head, just like a dancing actor and with blue flowers pushed over his ears. His garments glowed yellow gold and he was garlanded with a Vijanti necklace. Dressed in such an attractive way, Krishna filled up the holes of his flute with the nectar emanating from his lips. So they remembered him entering the forest of Vrindavan, which is always glorified by the footprints of Krishna and his companions. Um, I think I next time I, I do this, if I do this, I'll read directly from the Bhagavatam because I just see here that one of the most prominent verses is being quoted. The genius of Prabhupada's Krishna book and, and the history of it is, and Prabhupada describes this in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. Prabhupada had a mission, and if you understand his mission, he only had about 10 years. And Prabhupada was ambitious, spiritually ambitious, and he, and he was pure and Krishna conscious and compassionate. Jiva doi Krishna nam sarva dharma sar, the essence of all religion, jiva doi, is compassion to the living entities. Jiva doi Krishna nam, by giving them something that can elevate their consciousness. Because ultimately, happiness is, is consciousness. We don't neglect things, but we don't, but we, we don't neglect things, but we don't isolate them from the effect on consciousness. Things are, uh, in self are not mercy, because things can also degrade one. Someone can be spoiled. Someone can feel entitled. Some, it can boast, boost one's ego. So no one is against things in Krishna consciousness. As long as it's connected to directly or indirectly to the elevation of consciousness. Hmm. Just forgot my train of thought. One second here. Just have to start a new train of thought. <laughs> wow. Um, 
Anyway, I was talking about, anyway, reading it from the Bhagavatam because the verses are there and there's some really, I'm just seeing one significant verse. There's three verses in the Bhagavatam that describe Krishna perfectly. It was called Mantra Upasana. It's a mantra that's for meditation and worship. There's mantra upasana and there's swarasiki. Mantra upasana is, is just a description in a verse which paints a picture in your mind that facilitates the depth of your meditation on God. And swarasiki means that a movie is created by verse after verse after verse after verse. So both is happening here. We, we have a sequence of, of, of activities, but there's a particular verse here. I, I wish I had the original, but I, I think it's Baharpida Biramam Nigamatat Tilakam. Nigamatilakundala Kantagantam Kanjaksham Kamukatam Smitusama forgetting the verse. But I'm gonna do something a little bit different and then get back to this, this verse, uh, which is actually not verse, but this beautiful thing, this description of Krishna who is all attractive. I, I can't even get past it. I wanna discuss something else, but we'll, we'll, we'll get back to it because um, in the Catholic Church, they have a liturgical calendar. They have a calendar of all their festivals and holidays, etc. And, and, and one thing in Krishna consciousness is very important is, is also the, the days of our, our, our saints. And today is the disappearance day of Srila Haridas Thakur who's considered the Nam Acharya. Acharya means the great teacher for, for, for chanting the holy name. And his story, I think I should say something is extraordinary about it, but we actually know that we're not the body. We, the soul, um, the soul takes different bodies. Um, so we know that. And we know that the highest, the highest living entity in this universe is Lord Brahma. It's the most pious living entity. It, it describes if you do your duties perfectly for 100 births, then you can rise to the top position, which is Lord Brahma, which is an extraordinarily empowered being who is the, the secondary creator of this universe. And he's considered the most intelligent because he, the mechanism of this universe, he has to put together so that the, the, the movement of this universe corresponds actually and coordinates, you can understand how intelligent, 
the different karma of, 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 of the living entities. Um, I'm just looking outside and, and the world's so sad now because it's, it's just so much difficult circumstances that people have to undergo. But anyway, we, we know the story. I taught it in the Bhagavatam recently. I taught it, I, no, did I, no, I, there was another story. Um, I think I taught it in, in, in Colombia called Brahma Vimohan Lila, where Lord Brahma becomes um, bewildered. He tries to test if, if, who is this Krishna because he sees that in, in the, the story of the Agasara demon that Krishna kills this huge python demon and, and it, it becomes liberated. But then the next thing he sees him just playing with his boys, his, his friends, Balakali, Yagyabuk. And he has this dilemma, is he Yagyabuk? The yagas, so many yagas are offered and they're offered to God, these fire sacrifices. Is this the one who is accepting all this sacrifice and eating all the offerings to sacrifice, or he's a, or he's a boy and he, he steals the coward boys and calves. And then when, when he comes back after a moment of his time, but one year of, 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 of our time, um, he sees that the coward boys that he stole are still there and he becomes bewildered. And then Krishna manifest, had manifested all the coward boys and calves. So he was just, and, and Krishna manifests in each of the calves and reveals that they're each a Vishnu form. Vishnu means everywhere, God who is everywhere with all his power and every form is surrounded by the devotees and, and everything within the world. And uh, he becomes humble and he, and, and he regrets. He regrets deeply the, the mistake he does. And this is actually the basic principle of spiritual life. I've discussed it many, many times. That you have to have a sense of regret of acting on the platform of the enjoyer and controller and all the things that actually come from that. And, and, and that type of regret is an essential component of spiritual life because it's antithetical to the very consciousness that covers the soul from the love of God. And that is the, the, the sense of, of, of false ego, of superiority, of control, of desire, of lust, of... And, and, and that regret, regret, I'm sorry, regret, I made a mistake, regret, I'm wrong. And not only to say it, but to actually feel it. It's such an important point of, of, of our spiritual development. Because somehow or other, we have to embrace a, a, a humble position which is the glorious position where one actually can feel mercy and love, but we're resistant to that position. So 
ways the world works that our material protective agents, our power, our control. And, and then when we realize it, and then when we look back and, 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 and just, I, I, I look at those old American Westerns, you know, cowboy things, not the cowherd boys of Vrindavan, but the cowherd boys of America. And sometimes someone would go crazy and someone would just, his friend would slap him and he'd just go, oh my God, I needed that. So Lord Brahma understood and he, he came out. And he, he just felt what I've done, the offense I've done. I thought I was God, an infinite wad, something. My friend wrote a poem about material consciousness. I, this is 50, 50 years ago. I can't remember the poem. He was a poet. And he came to Krishna conscious. I thought I was God, an infinite wad. Wad means gum. You know, something true and tasteless. I, I thought. And then, and then Lord Brahma actually had a vision of reality. And reality can be painful. If you're not on the platform of love. Reality is painful for one on the platform of ego. Because it doesn't conform to ego, it conforms to service and love. And if your value is that energy connecting you and God and connecting you and others, then reality is something that's very, very beautiful. Because reality is that object of love, which like a magnet draws out the, 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 the devotion and love within you. But there's a transition from, that, that from, the, from the vision of ego. And when somehow we're brought closer to that vision of service and humility not ego and control when we're brought closer to that it's 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 sweet it's bitter sweet but the bitterness is to the ego the sweetness is to the soul so lord brahma was 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 meditating and, and he looked at he he said just like through a screen you sometimes see dust in Sanskrit, I guess the English translation would be hex atoms. Just a few atoms together, like a piece of dust. He said, just as this dust is coming through the screen, unlimited universes are coming through your body. So you imagine the vision of those, those dust and on that dust, I'm an insignificant living entity. And then he came to that realization, which we should all come to. Who are you and who am I? This happy small, it's the greatest feeling in the heart. It's the feeling of devotion. Devotion is to something great whether it's opulent great or whether it's sweetness great, but devotion is to something great.
a, a child, a mother loves the child. There's something great. There's something worthy of service. So who am I and who are you? And with that regret, he wanted a, a position that would facilitate service and not facilitate ego. I remember in the early days of the movement after Prabhupada left, it was unbelievable. I, I, don't, I don't know how it, there were 11 people that were, took the position of gurus and we thought, oh, wow, how fortunate they are. But were they fortunate? Position. Prabhupada described like, like, like power, material power, material accoutrements, material position. It, 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 it's like a fever. The fever is a symptom of disease. And sometimes the way we surround ourselves with things is a symptom of what's in our heart. And to reduce the, that consciousness and that possessiveness and that desire, I am the controller, I am the enjoyer, and therefore I put this thing here and I put this thing here and I put this thing here and I have this beautiful thing. And, of course, there's nothing wrong with a person surrounding himself with aesthetics, living according to his nature. Different people have different needs. But when it is excessive, our platform is take what you need. Different people have different needs to look beautiful, to whatever the case is. But somehow or other, when it's excessive of that, and you're then it can be, it can be a symptom of what's in your heart in terms of being the enjoyer and controller. It can be a symptom of that very thing that's covering the spirit of love and devotion in your heart. And there can be a, a correlation between the reduction of that and the reduction of that which is in your heart that's blocking the, the son of Krishna's praying from, from affecting your soul. So Lord Brahma realized that this position that I had it somehow or other fortified the very worst within me. I am the enjoyer. I am the controller. It fortified that. And therefore, it prevented me from feeling the, the, the devotion and the mercy and the humility and the love, which is really the thing of value. Everything else, if it doesn't lead to that, is anartha. We discussed that this morning. Artha means value. Anartha, that which has no value. And therefore he prayed, put me in a position that will facilitate my devotion. I'm ready for it. 
I don't want any distraction. I, I don't want this incited within me. And therefore it's described that because of, 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 the, of the, the absolute regret he had when he saw what his position had done to him, he described he got born as Haridas Thakur. And therefore, born with the spirit of devotion, And bhakti was born in a very simple Muslim family. And somehow he became inspired to join the mission of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And because of that, Trinata Pisanichena Torora Pisahishnana. Amanina, Madanena, Kirtaniya, Siddhahari. One who chants the name in a humble state of mind, thinking oneself lower than the straw in the street, more tolerant than a tree, devoid of all sense of false prestige, and ready to offer all respects to others. In such a state of mind, one could chant the name constantly. Because when one is bereft of that sense of entitlement, one can have unlimited appreciation and love. One can feel mercy. I gave, I, I, I made up one analogy, which I think is so apropos of, 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 of a spoiled child. It doesn't matter how much that child gets from the mother or the father. They never feel the parent's love. And therefore, they're psychologically damaged, actually. But when a child or a person is very, very humble, they're so appreciative. They're so appreciative. And what does that mean? They're feeling love very easily. And therefore, in this humble position, one is feeling, appreciating the grace of God. And feeling the grace of God invokes deep love in one's heart for the kindness and grace of God. And Kirtani is Siddhahari, and then you can chant always because you're chanting in love and love susukam kartam aviyam, it's joyfully performed. Because every other activity besides love, the pleasure is not the activity, the pleasure is the fruit of the activity. Therefore in karma, in, in karma and ritual activity of karma, it's very difficult. There's so much organization and the fire yagya. There's so much effort, so much austerity, so many things that are required. 
And why are you doing it? Because I can get something from it. It's not the activity. It's what you get from it. And same thing with the process of jnana yoga. It's austerity and knowledge. The fruit is moksha. Moksha is your, your, the activity is horrible. The activity is just so many different types of austerities. And, but bhakti, the very definition of bhakti, it can't have a motive or goal. So the pleasure that susukam kartam avyam, the pleasure is the activity itself. And therefore, love is the goal. The service is the goal. The service, and when one chants the holy name, feeling God's grace, and therefore feeling love from God and their love for God, which is the essence of God's pleasure potency, then one could chant always. So Haridas Thakur was in this very, very humble mood. And therefore, the chanting of his name was done with such feeling. And therefore, he was able to chant constantly. And therefore, he was respected. In fact, when someone in Vaitacharya's family died, he invited all the Brahmins. A, a part of that ritual, part of that ritual is, is you, you get, you have to offer it to the topmost person, the topmost Brahmin. And Vaitacharya offered it to Haridas Thakur, which which, which shocked, which shocked the smarter Brahmins, smarter means ritualistic Brahmins, they were shocked. But he was recognizing him for his devotion, his, his humility. And his tolerance. Because he was a Muslim, we don't look at it in, in, in bhakti, converting religions. No. Religion is the nature of the soul. It's not a particular faith. Of course, we have faith in our lineage as a true manifestation of, of that love of God, but it can be manifest in different religions, different types of Odias, our tradition and different branches. But somehow or other, Haridas Thakur, he, he found God and the full manifestation of God, which is Krishna. And he became so dedicated and he sometimes compared to Prahlad Maharaj. Why is Haridas Thakur sometimes called Brahma Prahlad Haridasa called. Why, why Prahlad? Why is he called Prahlad? Because Prahlad was tortured but could tolerate. Because his bhakti, he had so much faith 
Kalad Maharaj had so much faith that this is the best thing. So great. Maharaj, we can't hear you. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Yeah. Okay, you're back. Yeah, because the computer wouldn't go on. Yeah. Sounds like Were people able to hear me? Now we can. We can hear you now, Gamarsh. You couldn't hear me before? Just Only like a minute or two. Yeah, just What's that? Just for like half a minute, one minute. Well, one minute. But for Gail, one minute can be 12 <laughs> years or more. She has, she has such a desire to hear. Oh, boy. Um, hey, Kaveri's art in the background. How nice. Okay. Um, so he compared to Pallad Maharaj because... Pallad Maharaj had so much bhakti that his father tried to get him to give up his bhakti or his devotion and said, I'll throw you in a pit, pit full of venomous snakes. And Pallad, his bhakti was such that he said, giving up Bhakti and the snake bite of separation. Is more painful than venomous snakes and they mean it. We see that in history. We see that even I, I told that story. I read this book short book because it wasn't that much information. But there was something there. And it, it described how Christianity became so popular and gave different sociological reasons why it became popular. But one of the main reasons was the martyrs. Because they experienced something in relationship to Jesus, a taste of bhakti that they'd rather give up their life than give up their faith. I, 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 I'm told about my mother's cousin who gave up his life preserve on the USS Dorchester. And he was a chaplain on the USS Dorchester. He was the rabbi and there was a Catholic priest and, and two Protestant priests. And there weren't enough life preservers. So they gave them to everybody else and they died on the ship. And people who saw the ship sinking saw them arm in arm singing the Psalms of David. So what is that kind of faith? That the, 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 the pain of giving up my duty of compassion to others 
was greater than the pain of me leaving my body. There is a religious experience that convinces one that there's no greater pain than giving it up. So Haridas Thakur, when the Muslim magistrate caught him, he was a, I forgot what the word is, but there's a Muslim term for, oh, fuck here, it's something else. It means against God. What? Haram. What, say that? Haram. No, that's something else. That's another Maybe story. it's Kof Maharaj. Who's that? Uh, this it's, is Sudama. Maybe oh, you're oh. looking for Kof yeah. or Sherk. Yeah, yeah, say that word. That's the word, yeah. Kof. Kof. Kofir. What does that mean? Uh, it means that you are worshiping someone other than the Lord, or you are you are neglecting neglecting the worship of the Lord. Right. So they 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 beat him in the marketplace. They beat him in the marketplace. It's a twenty-two marketplaces. Beat him practically to death. But he was so tolerant, so tolerant. Just thinking of, of these people who, who are gonna suffer if he didn't die. It's, it's such a, a principle actually of chanting the holy name. I, I tell this story that, um, I saw one of my disciples and they had this book. It, it, it was about the holy name, but it, it wasn't from a personalist. But he had that, but he had principles of chanting. And, and one of the principles is of thinking of others before yourself. Because any spirit of feeling God's grace requires humility and requires one to I'll tell this one personal story. I don't know why I wound up in Puri. And I wound up in Puri alone or with one other person. This is 40 years ago. And I felt somehow or other, I had this envy for this person and I felt it in my heart and I didn't like it. It's not why I went to Puri, but I realized I had it. And it was a competitor, not that we were fighting against each other, but we had the same kind of service or something like that. And I remembered that in between each round, I was chanting a lot, I had nothing to do. I chanted, Trinata Pisani, Chena, Tarora Pisishna, Mani Namani. Once you chant the holy name of the Lord in a humble state of mind, thinking oneself lower than the glass of the street, more tolerant than a tree, devoid of all sense of prestige, and ready to offer all respects to others. And when I said that, in my mind, I would offer that person respect. 
all respects to others, and I would offer that person respect. So this consciousness of someone whose heart is completely free from that false designation, he sarva padi venir muktam, upadi, upadi means designation. It's something that puts you in one place, separate from God. It's your material designations. So when one becomes sarva, padi, venir muktam, completely liberated from any of those false designations, tatparatvena nirmalam, rishikena rishi, sevanam bhakta, that's called bhakti. So he had that complete consciousness, complete consciousness. And it's not intellectual, it's a bob. He's just feeling God's grace. He's not intellectualizing his position, he's feeling it. It's like when I went to the Himalayas and I saw how Vast the Himalayas are. It was just mind blowing to me. And it created in my heart this feeling of, of, of awe and devotion. Because devotion has to have an object of devotion, and that object of devotion has to be worthy. And one aspect of the worthiness of devotion is Aishvarya, or opulence and power. That's why the first step of God realization is to look at the world and relate it to God, the greatness of the world, the power of the world. So I remember just, I, I was in charge of a bus party, get out of the bus, let's just look, let's just meditate and let's just feel it. Feel that devotion because we understand it's a worthy object of devotion. And you'll never feel it's a worthy object of devotion if you put yourself in the center. The whole principle of bhakti is to try to get out of the center. And one way we do it is glorification. And the other way we do it is service. Service moves us out of the center. Glorification puts someone else in the center. And then you feel your nature. Like a fish is in water. The fish feels its nature. It's aquatic. Our nature is as servants of God. And when we feel that, we're completely satisfied. And within that feeling of servant of God is this feeling of happy small, this humility. And it's a bob. And it affects your vision. And you see everything in connected to that. There was one great Vaishnavacharya and he was meditating on the verse Trinata P. Sunichena, once in a humble state of mind, lower than the blade of grass, 
and he reflected that when he started to develop spiritual consciousness, he saw everyone as guru and himself as the servant. So Haridas Thakur was completely in that bhav, that mood, and then he's beaten in 21 marketplaces and he, he feigns death because he's thinking of others, even the people that are beating him. He's Nam Acharya. He's the one who actually can chant because he has that mood of humility. Humility is kind of a hunger for God. And then the other aspect I would say of, of, of Prahlad is it couldn't be unbroken because there was nothing better than it. So sometimes Haridasa quotes an incarnation of Prahlad because this service unbroken. There's nothing, there's no greater pain than giving it up, even being beaten. In, in 22 marketplaces is, is, is not as painful as giving up devotion. And there's nothing greater. And twice he was, uh, the, the, it was an attempt to seduce him because he was very young and he was very handsome. Maya Devi herself came. Ramachandra Puri sent the prostitute. And he was just so absorbed. Even the highest material pleasure, connection with, with the illusory energy formed in, in, in a manifestation of the greatest beauty, couldn't allure him. So, Anyway, he was the Namacharya, Haridas Thakur. Let me just see what time is it now. Wow, it's, let me just say a little bit about the, the what I was speaking about in the Rasa dance, which is our reading today, but. Wow, the gopis attracted by the flute. Wow. Krishna enters the forest of Vrindavan. Mm. Yeah, somehow I'm trying to do two things today and it's very second one. Um, Anyway, it was it was a lot of inspiration from what I read in the the Krishna book today, but I also wanted to glorify Haridas Thakur in a second. Yeah, it's very beautiful seeing Krishna enters the forest. And Krishna has four unique qualities. Because the concept of Krishna is a very, very beautiful theological concept. 
And it's based on the position that the fullness of being is manifest in our love, which comes in relationship. And the fullest manifestation of relationship is when our personality is not restricted to formality by being higher than others. So God has this kind of, he has that power and it's always there within Krishna. But, it, it, but the full manifestation of being can't be manifest unless he is bereft of that power. And when he's bereft of that power, when he's bereft not of the power, but when that, that position is not manifest and he can be a Kila Rasamrita Murti, he can be the one's friend, he can be one's lover, he can be one's parent. When it's uh, he's be one's child, when it's fully manifest, there's four qualities that indicate that God is in, in the full manifestation of his intimate personality. Because it means his love is most pronounced. Because when you're in a superior position, love towards you necessarily has to be somewhat restricted by an obligation or duty and a fear of not, a fear in relationship to a person superior of not doing the right thing and also a distance. So when God manifests in his majesty, there's love that we can't imagine, but it's not spontaneous love because there's obligation or duty. Where when there's a mother for a, a child, when God appears as a child, when God appears as a friend, there's, there's no formality. It's the full force of love. And when that happens, there's four symptoms that that's manifest. One, because of the power of that love and the power of that happiness is, is the most extraordinary manifestation of beauty. We see in a person, he can be sad or he's happy, he smiles, he's more beautiful. So if the smile is actually a manifestation of the inner happiness of the heart, the greater the happiness of the heart is, the greater the beauty of the person is. So he has that beauty. And then he has a variety of activities. When God is sitting in his majesty, then, then the activities are quite restricted. But when he comes as a friend there can, and a child that can be muckinshore, he can steal butter, it's so cute, it's so beautiful. But Ras Lila, he can dance with the, the gopis. Him and his friends can play games. His full, so it, it, the variety that's called prema maduria, the sweetness of his love. Prema maduria. No, no. Lila maduria. Prema maduria is his his beauty. The variety of his activities. 
wait a second. There's the beauty, there's the activities, there is the there's the beauty, there's the activities, Lila Madhurya, Prema Madhurya. Rupa. Anyway, Rupa. Rupa. Yes, Rupa Madhurya. Okay, Rupa Madhurya is the beauty of his form. Prema Madhurya is the varieties of love, the sweetness of the varieties of love that you can manifest when you're spontaneous, where the love you, you experience as superior is only servitude when you're swayam bhagavan when you're god himself you can experience friendship you can experience the love of of, of, of to to the uh to a parent to a child and then there's lila maduria there's a, a greater variety of activities and then vena maduria you're not inhibited to amplify your love in a way that's almost public. And therefore Krishna playing his flute. So he's entering into the forest of Vrindavan. Maraj, it looks like we lost your uh, camera and uh, microphone. How can Good. I have, can you hear me now? Yes. It's unbelievable. You know, it, it's the phone, the computer, it's all, it's all a mess today. But what happened is my safe driving mode went on when I'm sitting in, in the seat here. Uh, that's probably what happened. But why would that go on? Can, can you see me? No. Yes. You can see me? Yes. I can't, I can't see anybody else. Okay. Anyway, I tried today my best. Uh, that's all I can say. I tried my best. Um, anybody want to say hello? Maybe I can see you. Maybe I can't. Hi, Bill Mirage. Hello. <laughs> I don't know if you can. You're just the white Zoom blob, but a beautiful, beautiful class. Thank you for taking the time to draw the connection between um, uh, Lord Brahma and Haridasta Kaur on this day. So beautiful. And so many of the wonderful things you said about um, uh, humility. And I love what you said right at the beginning. I have so many notes today. But um, Lord, Lord Brahma saying, the position that I have is fortifying the worst in me. And that's just such a cool med uh, meditation to think is the position that I'm uh, maintaining, drawing out the worst in me because it may be puffing up the pride. So that was a beautiful statement. Thank you. Okay, I'm, I'm back in something. Okay, anybody else like to say hello? We'll just... Hare Krishna Maharaj, it's Indira. Thank you for class. Oh, Indira, Hare Bo. Are, are you out in Denver now? In Colorado, yeah, Green Mountain Falls. Okay. Yeah. And we miss you out here on the East Coast, but I'm oh, sure you're miss, good us. I miss you guys so much. Thank you. Okay. Okay, anybody else? Hare Krishna Maharaj. 
Hare Krishna Maharaj. Thank you very Thanks much for the class. class. I want to see you. Oh, there you are. Okay. Haribo. You'll try to get online next Thursday and Friday. Yes, we try. I'll, I'll try to give some nice Krishna kata. Okay. All right. Thank you so much, Maharaj. Thank you. Okay. Haribo. Okay. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Maharaj. Thank you. Right, Bo. Look, I got Bo. shaved. I got shaved. <laughs> I, I, I don't see you now, but I saw it earlier. <laughs> you can't see me? No, it's just, just a black black thing with your name. That's it. This is ridiculous. What happened? <laughs> that, that's, but it looks good. You look great. You have transcendental eyes. You're like Dhritarashtra. You can see miles <laughs> away. Amala shaved me yesterday. Oh, wonderful. He's my he's he, he's he's my barber here. A state barber. Very but nice. we had a vet Bhakti Vinod, Jamuna Bihari cooked such a nice feast with Leela oh, and then uh, kind of a health feast, but really tasty. And then we watched that presentation. Oh wow, nice. And then me and Amala went for a long walk in the cemetery. Okay, I'm gonna head out now. Hurry, Bo. Okay, hurry, Bo. I can't even figure out how to get out. I'm so. Okay, bunch of culpa through